SA Crypto, South Africa's largest blockchain community and news outlet. Welcome to this edition of the SA Crypto video podcast. And uh, it's day two of Blockchain Africa 2019 Johannesburg. And with me is a real, real scoop. I have uh, a director of the ARQ group from Malta, JP Fabri, uh, a former personal advisor and assistant to uh, the previous prime minister of Malta. He's an economist, uh, he's an advisor, and uh, the ARQ Group are a significant advisory and consulting body in Malta. JP Fabri, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Now, JP, you are positioning yourself as a government and as a, cu- as a country. The Maltese uh, 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 regulator environment is extremely friendly and positioning yourselves as leaders for the blockchain space. Is there any particular reason for that? Is it just because you want to get ahead of the game or do you see the remarkable opportunities uh, in blockchain technology? Sure, so a bit of an introduction to Malta. So Malta is a very small island in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. No natural resources, just one. It's legal standing as a country. So since the 1960s, we realized that the only way to attract investment into Malta is through the power of regulation. And that's what we did in a number of sectors. So we legislated maritime registers, aviation registers, pharmaceutical manufacturing, financial services. So we're very agile in finding niche sectors which will benefit from the power of regulation. Blockchain was the next big thing. And that's what we did. So within the space of less than a year, the government set out and created what I would say is one of the most holistic frameworks out there that gives certainty to the crypto investors in in their actual products and services, but actually, and then goes one step ahead and protects the consumers, the personal investors as well. So I think we have this framework which balances very well uh, the innovation element of blockchain and also the protection ultimately for the consumers and investors. Wow. When did the government ultimately realize that blockchain was a truly revolutionary technology? So you mentioned there that suddenly you saw the opportunity of blockchain. When did they realize that actually this is innovative, this is a technological breakthrough, and this is here to stay? Because the problem with most governments is at the moment they're speculating. We don't know if this technology is actually going to stick around. When did Malta make the decision that this is worth betting on? I would say it, it, it was the, the fruition of a process, right? So we're always, um, and we, in, in Malta we have this very active uh, cooperation with the government. Whatever government there is, financial services practitioners always keep this open channel of communication. So I would say it was most probably around 2017, the beginning of 2016, 2017, when we realized that blockchain is is here, it's a force for good, it's going to revolutionize the world uh, and a number of sectors, and the Maldives government and then started working on a vision, on a blockchain island vision. And the vision stipulates a number of pillars, so crypto and anything related to the, the, the virtual financial assets is only one pillar. We're looking at the use of blockchain in public services. Uh, we're you seeing the use of blockchain across a number of different sectors. Then, in 2018, government came out in January with a firm commitment to start legislating. By November, 
three bills were enacted in Parliament and in force. So there was a very, very short period, and that, that shows the agility of being small, of being receptive to industry, and changing the global, uh, global demands. And as an economist uh, who advises on economic policy, how do you see the crypto asset environment? Um, and, and what is your biggest excitement for, for crypto assets and the exchange of value on blockchain? Sure. So my take as an, as an economist is very much focused more on the blockchain. Why? Because the blockchain is a transformative technology. Right upon which will sit a number of applications, one of which is the crypto assets or the financial assets. So there are a number of elements that will bring big efficiencies to a number of sectors, for example, trade, terms of, terms of trade, letters of credit, trade finance. So over there we can bring tangible benefits to businesses which will act effectively impact positively their bottom line and also efficiencies of the trade sector. I also believe that cryptocurrencies can be a very force, very good force for good for vulnerable countries with unstable currencies. So I, I'm, I'm, follow, I'm actively following the discussion that is primarily being pushed by the IMF, whereby the cryptocurrencies or digital currencies can definitely bring a lot of benefits to particular countries. I've advised a number of small state governments. One of the vulnerabilities is always the terms of trade. So yes. currency fluctuations. I believe that a digital currency can bring tangible benefits to these countries as well. Also, we must not forget the social inclusivity aspect of the blockchain and cryptocurrencies. So I have a lot of people without an identity, despite all the advances that we've made. Once they do not have an identity, they're automatically segregated out of any financial system. I think the blockchain and cryptocurrencies can bring them back in, give them identity, and give them access to a monetary system, a financial system. Wow. And yourself, as an, as an economist, maybe not so much yourself, but if you don't mind giving your input, but the Maltese government as well, how do they position themselves in terms of their economic policy? Is it very libertarian in policy and what are your personal uh, views on, on the, the best practice and the best possible um, economic policies to adopt for uh, progress in such, such governments? Sure. I think that the key element is uh, agility. So we are very responsive to changing market needs, market demands and being able to find these niche sectors that will actually benefit from regulation. So I think the Maltese government, not only this, but also previous governments, have actually harnessed the power of regulation positively. So we believe that an investor, a businessman, requires full information or very clear-cut parameters to take decisions. And that's what we provide. And we thrive in regulated industries, financial services, maritime registers. So now we have legislated blockchain and crypto, but we're actually about to launch an AI framework as well, because the true benefit of blockchain will come through the integration of IoT, yes. AI, big data. Mm. And that's what we're doing already. Wow. Uh, so we're seeing that this combination of forces will come together and create this industry 4.0. We're also being a very uh, proactive and progressive jurisdiction when it comes, for example, to medical cannabis the cultivation, production and processing. 
for medical cannabis. So I think the key element for, uh, or I would say, uh, a key point that Malta can share to different governments is regulation is actually a very good investment attractiveness. Wow. So that, I think we split the cards. So we're usually... Um, people might believe that regulation stifles investment or actually stifles innovation. We took the inverse and we believe that it's regulation that drives modern day business. Wow. So progressive regulation. Yes. Now, um, Malta's recently been in the news uh, from, from an economic point of view because of its growth rates. Uh, currently, I think I read recently you are either first or second growth current G- GDP uh, growth rate. 6.2% projected for for this uh, financial year, uh, what do you put that growth down to, and uh, do you think you can sustain that kind of growth? Well, I think the so the growth we are currently the fastest growing European Union member state. We are also the member state with one of the lowest unemployment rates. Wow! Right, so um, we're passing through a very good economic boom. I think it's the result of a cumulative uh, effect of past policies as well. So when the 2008 crisis hit Europe, Malta was the last and first to get out of a recession, which only lasted one quarter. The result was, this was a result of actually implementing very targeted and temporary measures. So um, what the government did at the time was actually keep workers on the books, sustain them through training, so that when the recession recovers, the Maltese factories will have the workforce in place and unlike other European companies, do not have to recruit again. Wow. So we were first to hit the order books. Um, what we did as well, we legislated a number of sectors through regulation, for example, remote gaming, online betting, and that has seen tremendous growth. Right? So that contributes around 12% as a sector alone. We've also been investing heavily in tourism, connectivity, infrastructure, accessibility, and that has brought a very big increase on tourism. We're also seeing an increase in uh, construction, so a number of large-scale projects happening. And there is also an investment, uh, a citizenship by investment program, which that has brought a number of high networks, including South Africans, uh, into Malta, who and then saw the investment climate, saw the benefits of the Maltese system, also a very attractive tax system, and decided to invest in, in the island. So I think it's a combination of policies, um, having the foresight to identify the correct sectors that will grow into the future, but also building on past legacy policies and very strong regulatory uh, development. JP, thank you so much for your time. We know you're a busy man. Good luck for your talk a little bit later today. And any final words to those that are in the industry developing in the blockchain space? What advice would you give uh, entrepreneurs that are looking to innovate and develop in the industry? Sure. I think my message would be look for regulated uh, industries, sectors, countries that have a regulated environment for blockchain and do not only look for one jurisdiction but always try and get a multi-jurisdictional approach to your company. Wow. JP, thank you once again. Thank you. And uh, safe travels back to Malta. Thanks. Good luck. Thanks a lot.
SA Crypto, South Africa's largest blockchain community and news outlet.